Hello, hello. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Visionary Focus Podcast. We've got a special guest here, Matthew. Um, I've actually met Matthew through Twitter. Uh, he he's he's a man of that does multiple things. Um, and a very interesting guest. He's in he does martial arts. He does he's heavy into crypto. He does other stuff too. So um, it's gonna be fun, fun, fun podcast, fun podcast. Um, so Matt, Matthew, please, uh, Matthew, Matt, known as Matt on Twitter. Um. Please introduce yourself to to whoever's listening and who are you, what do you do, and uh, yeah, a bit even more about your background. And so, yeah, let's get started. All right, man. Happy to be here, number one. Uh, no, all right. So uh, my name is Matt uh, or Matthew. It's it's Matt G on Twitter. Um, I am a, uh, I'm 22 years old. I'm from uh, Northeastern United States and I'm a web design agency owner and avid martial artist. Uh, I got my start in money Twitter about, uh, about a little bit over a year ago. Um, I came from a lot of other people came from Tate. Um, I followed a lot of people he followed. Uh, just kind of chain reaction got me on the money Twitter. Um, I didn't. I wasn't always very entrepreneurial. Um, I started out. I actually wanted to go to med school. I was pre med in college um, from when I was eighteen to about twenty, um, and then I dropped out of that. Um, realized that um, I really do like medicine. I'm I'm a big science guy, <clears throat> but it really wasn't something that I wanted to pursue as a career. Um, after that, um, I went back to something I was super passionate about, which I went back to martial arts. Um, I went back to my original dojo and I told him, hey, I'm interested in um, possibly running my own franchise school, um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> something along that lines, possibly like being a marketing director, uh, instructor, something of that nature. Um, I went through that. I went through the whole process. I did that for a while. I worked at two different schools, um, learned some new styles, which is awesome. We'll probably talk about more about that after. Mm. Um, and then I realized that it, it, it's really cool. Um, it's obviously something I really love doing, but um, it's not really, it doesn't give me the location freedom and the monetary freedom that I was looking for. So, and then like, then I said, I found more about Tate, uh, followed, uh, bought, I believe one of his old courses. And then I ended up on money Twitter. Um, and I, my first venture was actually doing lead gen for martial arts schools. But the issue was, uh, I had a lot of, um, uh, trouble because I was working for like masters who i had already worked for so it created a lot of like turmoil like why are you working Uh, with him and yeah it was like all this nonsense so i'm like all right i'll maybe do that later in the future i'll work with martial arts schools but not now mm -hmm. so not with the ones that you know personally or in your local area (laughs) (laughs) it created way too many problems yeah so i i actually stopped doing that i also didn't like the overhead of the whole monthly clients so Mm. then i switched to web design um switched Mm -hmm. that about eight months ago and now i'm working with um i have like about six seven mrr people for cro and other nonsense things and that's in a building right now so that's sick that's sick so when did you discover like twitter like so you're like you're 22 right now right yeah so when did you discover twitter like, the like whole, that twitter, twitter or money twitter like money twitter that 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 small corner of, of the internet yeah it's about i'd it's gotta be like mm, I'd say like about a year and a half ago, probably. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it was through Tate. So I bought one of his shitty courses because I was like a naive child. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, yeah. maybe I'll become a millionaire if I buy a Tate course. Yeah. And, and then I bought it and I followed a bunch of people he was retweeting and I found yeah. a bunch of people and then kind of got into the loophole. And so, damn, just a year ago. So how has that have an effect on your trajectory so far? Just, you know, stumbling upon that side of side of twitter oh man uh, you have no idea so I, i'm from a really small town so a lot of the people around me don't sort of have the vision get it <laughs> don't have yeah. the vision that a lot of us do on here they're not like mm-hmm. young um like i said entrepreneurial spirited people 
Yeah. Um, they don't have the drive that a lot of people do. They don't have the um, blind optimism that we do. And mm-hmm. like th- things like they don't have the same style of, of life that we do. They don't have the same beliefs and whatnot. So I think it was, it's been very interesting hanging around with and talking with a lot of people my age who have radically different views on success. Um, mm. Being surrounded by a lot of people who are just like, oh, I'll get my IT job that makes me 50 grand a year. And then sort of being kind of psyoped into thinking that that's like the best I could do. Um, yeah. As opposed to seeing the guys on here who are killing it with like $100,000 months and running yeah. SaaS products that are pulling them in more money than my friends make in like a year. Mm. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think it, it's really influenced me to just become a better person in all aspects of my life rather than just money. Um, there's yeah. a lot of like the guys in here that do fitness and other all this other stuff. and so I, It's been a great influence on me thus far. I, I have yeah. nothing bad to say. Yeah, I think it, it one it raises the bar significantly like if you're from like anywhere on planet earth like this is this is also the danger of twitter is that sometimes you could fall into the trap of comparing yourself and then suddenly you're like hey you got to realize that this corner of twitter is like the 0.1 percent or even 0.01 percent of young men in the world honestly and then even some of them obviously might be in other places not on twitter but like We've got like multi, a bunch of multi-millionaires, legitimately, right? We've got like yeah. kids that are like 18, 19, 20, making multiple six figures a year. Like you tell people, oh, I make six figures a year. And that's like, from where I'm from, it's like, oh, wow, that's like really good. That's like good money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. you make $100,000 a year, it's like respect, you know? And now it's like on Twitter, it's just like, okay, you make $100,000 a year, you're poor. <laughs> okay, what's next? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like... <laughs> So that I think that's a good it's 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 healthy. Um also there's a lot of people also like in the health space as well on Twitter that know their shit. Like there's a lot of experts that know what they're talking about, whether it's nutrition, fitness. So it's like so much, so much to learn about. So tell me, once you took that that Tate course, what what was the next thing that that you oh yeah, you told me we were doing lead gen for uh yeah. those 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 uh what's it called martial arts gyms, right? What yeah. was next after that? So once you let go of that, what was your next thing? So after I let go of that, I actually, I believe oh. it was on my timeline. There was something about web design. It was because I've always, I, I had done web development before. So I was kind of familiar with like HTML and other um, forms of coding and stuff like that. So I, I was already familiar with like de- web design or sorry, web development as a skill. So, and I also was looking for something creative to do. So it was interesting. I saw my timeline. There was um, was it, uh, Dan Coe's Modern Mastery. So that and I got his and it was uh, his web design wealth course. And it was but ironically, I don't use the platforms that he uses anymore. I use completely different platforms to build my stuff on. But his course is sort of what got me started because I was looking for a creative hobby. I had just finished the venture that I didn't like doing um, because it was too much overhead. It was too boring. So I'm like, ooh, I get to design. I get to make money, I can scale it. And it's like all these things that I was looking for. And it was like the perfect thing to. Uh, oh, I can't hear you. And it's like very high profit you. margins too, you know? Yeah. So it's like, why not? And so, okay, you give that a shot. And was this very clear that this is what you wanted? Like, this was like, you were enjoying this significantly more than the lead gen side of things. Um, like when, when was it that I 
realized? Were you were you like enjoying this significantly more than your other venture? Like the- oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Because like I said, I was also at the time I was looking for a creative hobby because the only things that I really did outside of work was go to MMA, teach MMA and whatnot, and any will teach multiple martial arts, mm-hmm. and then go to the gym. So I had no creative hobby. <laughs> so I would just like wake up, punch shit, work, go to bed. <laughs> So it was like this very like hard style life lifestyle, and it was like yeah. very one dimensional. And I'm like, I'm looking for something creative to do. So maybe web design is something I'll do. Yeah, hmm. interesting. And so you you kept doing that for well all the way till. And when was this exactly? This was like last year, right? Yeah, it was around. So I started learning web design like from that from Dan Coe's Modern Mastery, the Web Design Wealth course. I started learning that as about let's probably say like eight nine months ago. Something like that. Mm, okay. And so what was your next step after that? I mean, once you learn, it's getting clients. How how is that part? Because it's always easy to learn. And then once you need when is the time to acquire clients? Like I know from first time experience, it's can always be a little bit challenging at first. Um, the client client retention and client acquisition was a lot. I f- I feel like I kind of had a cheat code for it because I had worked in sales before. Like I had sold martial arts memberships, so yeah. I was like I, I was the co I was like part of I was basically a marketing director. So I worked at I worked at several different martial arts schools. So yeah. And one of them I worked at a Muay Thai studio, mm-hmm. and I was essentially the marketing director there. So okay. I would take I I would work with their um programs. I'd work on their inbound leads and. Um, like we had several programs that got us cold leads and different ones that got us warm leads. Mm-hmm. And I would handle, um, we had, it was me and uh, two other guys and I would help out with like their sales tactics and whatnot. And the owner, cause I know him, I knew him very well. I still know him very well. Mm-hmm. Um, cause he is actually a best friend of the guy who owns the first school that I trained at. So, yeah. cause it, we're all in the same area. So he, I'm very good friends with him. And he taught me everything he knew about sales. And so yeah. he taught me all the sales tactics that he knew. Um, he's a very aggressive salesman. So a, a lot of it's a little different than what a lot of guys on here post about. But um, he taught me everything I know about sales. So I was pretty experienced with selling um, as a skill. But yeah, lead generation by myself was a lot harder with than without the paid programs and software that he had. So I had to figure out, like, I obviously called email mastery and... Um, using uh, lead bird and all, all those different programs helped me out a lot, but it was a lot to learn for sure. Yeah. Cause I obviously didn't have access to the programs that I did when I worked at those schools that gave me free leads <laughs> without me doing any work. So yeah, definitely it's a big difference. And so you started, you know, doing some outbound by yourself, reaching out to people. And so I'm guessing over time, eventually something clicked and you started acquiring clients. Right. And, building from there right yeah eventually i think i believe i'd say it was like maybe four or five months in when i'd really nailed down like the skill of mm-hmm. building conversion focused pages yeah. um then i started reaching out to some people in my area um mm-hmm. i tweeted about this a while ago I was starting local which i think something that'll help out i think there's some tidbit that i can throw out that'll help a lot of people who are starting Start local. So this is what this is what I did. So I found a bunch of my friends who had started uh, either physical service businesses. Um, some friends. I actually found a friend who was a rapper, quote unquote. You're, you're, you're always the one kid in town that's a rapper yep. and whatnot. Like a- anybody that you have direct connections to that you can reach out to and be like, hey, I remember, remember you from high school. I see that you're running. My, I'll use my friend as an example. I see you're running a photography business. So and your website is a pile of shit. 
So I'll fix it for you for absolutely free. All you have to do is write me a testimonial. And he's like, really, Matt? Are you serious? You do websites now? And I'm like, yeah, dude, I'll do it for you for free. And then boom, I had a testimonial in about 10 minutes. <laughs> it was a one yeah. Instagram. It was one Instagram DM. And it was because I know the guy from high school. So yeah. and, and I'm very close with him already. So it was kind of a cinch that he would say yes, right? As opposed and it's, to me like... It's, it's free. You know yeah, I mean? exactly <laughs> it's free just it cost me i don't have to pay for any contact e-com or not, not that it's a bad idea to pay for those things it's yeah like, i don't have to pay for any of these subscriptions i just reach out to people i already know and i so i reached out to him i reached out to a rapper from my town i did a page that had all of his merch on it and um was, uh, showed like his new his newest songs and whatnot and linked his youtube and all these other things and then the last one i believe was oh it was a copywriter it was a copywriter from twitter so I had three free testimonials, boom, in about a week. So, well, yeah. So it, it, like I said, it's leveraging connections that you already have, as opposed to like waste. It's not. It's obvious. It's not a complete waste of your time, but um, I, I guess it would be wasting time because if you have connections um, that you can directly reach out to and be like, "Hey, I know you pretty well. We're we're friends. I see you have a business. Can I give you my service for free in exchange for a testimonial?" Boom. No brainer. Uh, yeah, exact no brainer. Yeah. And so pretty much from then you could use the testimonials to now outreach and acquire actual clients yes. that will actually Thank pay you, you for yeah. for your service. And so yeah. that pretty much things started going and kind of snowball effect once like once you acquire your first client, that's why I tell people it's just like it's really hard it, it's hard early and then you get, you get after you start picking it up. But there's still gonna be up and downs no matter what. Like this is the thing, it's like don't expect this to to be easy don't expect to hit a point where it's like oh it's gonna be easy because the day it's gonna be easy where you're gonna get comfortable i don't know i don't know because i mean it's yeah, gonna no. you're not gonna be growing as much right i think it's like with everything in life too so um so matt tell me i'm, I'm a little bit curious so now you're still running your web design agency and i'm, I'm guessing you, you're planning on keep running that as well For um sure. are you right now are, are you still doing i'm guessing you're still doing mma right yeah. or martial arts i'm I'm curious yeah. about that so how how did you get into martial arts like ooh, just tell me about your journey as well you know learning this, is my, martial this arts. is my favorite thing to talk about so okay, okay, this so is my favorite topic okay, so um god bless my dad um when i was in elementary school i used to get beat up on the playground mm -hmm. so i i used to get i would go to the basketball uh the whole area and i just get i got my ass kicked by these two guys and mm -hmm. i came home from school from one of the times that I got beat up on the on the asphalt, I got my ass kicked right down to the ground. And my dad was like, all right, this is ridiculous. We need to sign you up for martial arts. So God bless him for doing that. I was really young. Um, he, he was a corrections officer at the time. And then he was a police officer for 20 years. And while he was a corrections officer, he was still training martial arts. So he's also a black belt. Um, and he was the re like he said, he was the reason I got into it. He sort of forced me into it. It wasn't that I was opposed to it. It was just he's like, all right, we need to get you into something because I was like yeah. this sort of weak, nerdy kid who like, I, I still look like it, but I'll still kick your ass. So, yeah, yeah <laughs> it is, sure. I still look like it, but it doesn't matter to me. Um, yeah. So he got me into that. I think I was about six years old. Um, I went to a place called America's Best Defense. I'll dox everybody. <laughs> well, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a chain location. Um, mm -hmm. So I went I went there. I learned Kempo Karate. That was when I started in. Um, I did that from about six to 12. I got my junior black belt and first degree black belt in that. And then I went to the adult program, which was Krav Maga. I know a lot of everybody will shit on Krav Maga, but if you want to talk about that, I, I'll go more into no, that. No, I sent some pretty cool YouTube videos. I was like, yo, yeah. what is that? <laughs> so yeah, I went to, I went from that. Um, I went from Kempo Karate to Krav Maga. Um, I did that from about 12, I believe, to 16, 17. 
Um, and then I got my second degree black belt in that. And then I stayed in Krav. I became a teacher at 17. I became an instructor at 17. Um, and I taught, I helped teach the adult classes. Um, and then I got my third degree black belt at 18. And then I went to college. So mm -hmm. I kind of had like a, a bit of a year gap um, where I really wasn't training a lot. I would, um, I, I there, was a, there was a couple areas that I knew, um, like I'm, uh, at the rock climbing gym that I went to that was close to my college. They had a bag. So like I would go train there, but like I really was kind of out of training for a year, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, and then I found out about the Muay Thai studio that was hiring. So I stopped working at Chick-fil-A because it was miserable. That was like my day job when I was in college. So I was, it, I was absolutely miserable there. So I'm like, all right, guys, peace out. I'm almost, I, I'm not sure what I'm going to do, but it's not going to be this. I, it was really yeah. dumb, but mm -hmm. it was really dumb and spontaneous, but I, I did it. So I quit Chick-fil-A. Um, and then I found the Muay Thai studio because I needed a job, obviously. So yeah. they said they were hiring. And then I talked to the guy and I'm like, oh, you know, ex sensei of my other school. They were like best friends. <laughs> so hmm. I, it was like a free job. I, I had no idea they even knew each other. They Apparently they went to like seminars and learned like how to in, own martial arts schools from the same company. So like they met each other at like leadership seminars, I think they call them. So I went to this new Muay Thai studio. I learned Muay Thai for about two years. It was awesome. I have, Muay, I have nothing bad to say about Muay Thai. It's probably my second favorite style next to just straight MMA. Um, and then I went to Muay Thai for, like I said, for about two years. I was an instructor and then became, eventually became marketing director there. Um, I still taught there even while being a marketing director. Um, I taught Muay Thai for about, yeah, I said about, it was about two, two, two and a half years. And then after that, um, that was when I sort of got into money Twitter. So um, that was when I eventually told him, all right, I'm starting my own business. Uh, the love you guys, you guys have been great to me, but I need to do something on my own. And then he's like, I totally understand. And then he, 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 he was sad. I, I, I still go train with his, with his students because obviously a lot of the students miss me. Um, I'll still go there every Saturday. So I'll, I'll train with their fight team every Saturday. But um, now I go to a uh, specifically MMA studio. They also have BJJ classes. But the reason I switched to there is because they have a fight team. Um, they have like a full fight team. Uh, some of their fighters have gone to um, Florida for Bellator and different things like that. Um, they send their fighters everywhere. Uh, they, a lot of them get contracts like monthly. They'll have like one guy that gets a contract every month. Um, so I go to this new MMA studio now. They all, like I said, they also do BJJ. And um, now I'm also an assistant instructor there too. So, and I, like I said, I, I help out their fight team. So, oh, your, your mic again. <laughs> How do you think like, martial arts have shaped who you are now today throughout your life oh my god i it, it's like everything so i never really did any sports um the, the only sport that i ever did was baseball mm. so martial arts was like the foundation of who i am so like the student have you ever heard about like the student creed no okay so the student creed for a lot of martial arts when you're younger um, unfortunately a lot of schools forget to keep doing it when you're older which mm -hmm. it, it was ironically it was something i wanted to do if i owned a school was uh, perpetuate that student creed when to the adults too so it's modesty courtesy integrity self-control perseverance and indomitable spirit oh yeah so no, that, that's no, so no, that's no. the student creed yeah so yeah. that gets drilled into your head when you're a young student or they call this little dragons mm -hmm. um, so so the what your first task when you come in for your first lesson is not actually any fighting so you come into a small room with the instructor and mm -hmm. he says all right first thing i want you to do is memorize the student creed and then you do it. 
and you go home and you memorize it. That's your homework. He's, he's like, because <laughs> when I started doing it, I'd say, this is the only homework you'll ever have here. <laughs> and then and then you'd have to memorize the student creed. You come back in, you recite it to them, and they'd give you your white belt. And that yeah. was it. Yeah. So and, gets, and from now on, what are you yeah. going to say? It gets wired into your subconscious mind as well because it's like a positive like affirmation almost. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, so sorry, I, I cut you off there. No, you're good. <laughs> Keep going. Keep um, going. So yeah, so we and now every time you'd come into class, you'd report to the you'd report to the instructor. You stand on your little spot in the dot, and then you'd uh, say yes, sir. Everything would be yes, sir. No, sir. It's very core, uh, very mm -hmm. um, hierarchical. Um, you understand that there is somebody instructing you who knows more than you. Yep. Um, you have to constantly have the attitude that you're growing. And uh, um, the reason I'm saying all that is because at the beginning of every class, um, mm -hmm. up until you join the adult program, you always say the student creed every single day and you're supposed to go what on do you keep doing it once you're an adult um I, usually it's because they don't have they, they usually stop it it's because um it, it they just think it's like not really I, I don't know i don't really know i i thought it was dumb <laughs> I, I i thought you the adults should keep doing it forever but like i i think the main reason is because they need a little bit more time oh your your mic again i think can you hear me yeah, you're good. No, you're okay. good. Okay. Okay. Um, like, it was like like the buzz sound. Every time the buzz sound comes, I just unplug my mic completely okay. and I reconnect yeah. it. So, <laughs> um, so no. sorry. Where were you at already? So, you kept doing – I was asking you how it shaped who you are today, and then we were talking about how – yeah, like, do, why do you think – do you think most kids should also do this, should do martial arts as well? Like – what do you think are the main things you learn about martial arts that even might apply to your to your life, to your business that um, definitely think, are? Yes, that, those are two really good questions. I think um, I in a perfect world, I think every kid should have some sort of combat experience. Um, I think especially for men, it, it you don't I, I fully believe in, in the whole saying that people like to throw around all the time, even though they don't know what it means. Um, is um, You don't know who you are until you get punched in the face. I totally believe that until yep. you get your shit rocked by someone who knows a lot more about being a, being a fighter than you do. I, I don't mm -hmm. really think you can conceptualize who you are as a person. Yep. I agree. I, I, I used think to do it, boxing. It, it, I love it. Yeah. I got my ass kicked by a 16 year old. I remember that day forever. <laughs> so no, it's just for, like, for sure, but it makes I, you stronger, you know? So it's like, yeah. yeah. No, I, in a perfect world, I think, like I said, I think every young kid should have some form of combat experience. Um, like I said, I, it, it definitely, also in a lot of karate specifically, they teach you those mantras, like I was saying, uh, modesty, courtesy, and, and all those things. And obviously, it, it's it, it's physical activity, number one, but it's yeah. also physical activity that is helpful if you ever get into an alt, like an altercation with someone in real life. So I, I think that's just an undeniable reason why every man should be at least somewhat proficient in a in a combat sport because if you get into some altercation with your wife and kids and you don't you're not strapped like what are you going to do sit there and like just try to scuffle with like no if you're a trained man you are more con like it, there's a million things i could go into but i'm not trying to yeah. spend 3 hours talking about it like no, you I have agree. confidence agree. boosts obviously mm -hmm. because you're more confident you have an air of confidence about you when yeah. you walk into a room you're not mm -hmm. like looking at like, oh, that guy's really big. Like I, I can look at some guy, but oh, he's really big, but I'll still doesn't fucking whoop his ass. Yeah, like, it doesn't matter to me. Mm -hmm. But like, it, it gives you like an air of confidence. It gives you an air of like that you are level-headed. That you're always um, 
you can like understand a situation from like a physical standpoint. You can understand like yep. how to get out yourself out of a bad situation. Mm -hmm. Um, self defense obviously ties into all that. Yeah, and e even beyond all that, it's just like those things that you learn. Um, from white belt to whatever belt that you get to, hopefully, um, you get to black belt. Um, you always learn to have this. It's this saying has been done a million different ways. I prefer just call it. It's a black belt mindset. Um, or some people call it a white belt mindset. It's like the always learning idea. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that you can never stop learning because there's always somebody who's a degree above you. There's always another instructor. There's always another master. There's always another uh, crew is what they call it. Muay Thai, your instructor, KRU. Mm -hmm. um, there's always something, somebody who's above you who knows more than you. So there's no point in you acting like you know everything because it's just pointless. Because once you think that you know everything, you stop learning. Facts. <laughs> That's well said. That's well said. And so back when back when you were like in, in uni, you were working at, at Chick-fil-A and yeah. you you weren't training as much. How how did you how did you get yourself like how was your mental space back then? And do you feel like you not training for a year had like uh, an impact on your life? Just could be in multiple ways, you know? Like did do you think like you not training? for that one year or so had kind of destabilized you from who you are now or who you were, you know, when you're training on a regular basis. Cause I heard some people be like, yeah, I just need to be training consistently because it just makes my life better. And if I don't, mm -hmm. my life, it, it, it has a negative impact on my life. So. No, I absolutely. So I, one of the like five emails in my convert kit sequences about this um, on my email list. So, I totally agree with that. Um, when I stopped for that year, it was the only time I ever smoked weed in my entire life. Not that like you can smoke. Like, I don't care. But like I never touch drugs ever. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. like I smoked. I smoked weed for the first time. I'll never touch it again because I, I went to parties. I had never party in my life because I was always like the nerd kid in high school. I went to parties. I drank a little a little bit. Not like too much. I did all this shit that I had never done before. And yeah. I guess I think that is it was obviously a part of that is just because of uni culture. Yeah, I think but so, the, too. <laughs> yeah. As you said, part of that yeah. is because of uni culture. But the other part of it is because I wasn't doing anything at night anymore. Mm. So, like, I, I wasn't going to work and I also wasn't going to train. Yeah. So I also skipped the gym a lot, too, then. And I like it. It, it made me feel miserable. But I also like you have that sense of like, oh, I'm having fun. And like, I'm doing all these fun things with these people. And like even though it was a waste of my time, but yeah. I, I had all, I was doing all these fun things that were giving me all this dopamine. It was mm -hmm. like, but I wasn't training. I wasn't active. I just did all these things that I had never thought I would ever engage with. And I think definitely a part of that was because I had stopped training. Um, it, yeah. it, it affected my mental in, in a lot of ways. Um, like, but besides that too, I felt more sluggish. Um, and it feels obviously as light on my feet as I used to. Um, I, I gained like, 10 pounds i think it gained a little bit of weight um it, it, like i said mainly because i felt sluggish and i felt lazier um yeah, yeah. My so main, good, good thing you got you got back to training so yeah. like leaving uni actually no you you rediscovered was it when you rediscovered a muay thai gym you were still in uni back then right um yeah I, I was i was just i was like very close to leaving uni when i discovered that place i was oh, so. very very close to leaving but okay so it feels i saw like an ad for as it, soon yeah. as you like started like almost leaving then boom like as soon as you got back to training your life got better and things oh, got clear 
hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's funny how like both correlate, but it makes perfect sense when you think about it. Like mind, body, everything's connected. You know. So if if let's say you're working your mind, but you're not taking care of your body, you're not training, then there's gonna be a disconnect. Not you're not gonna be aligned. Therefore, you're not yeah. gonna be clear. And so everything's gonna be in shambles. <laughs> For sure. Um. So okay. Next. Next up. Um. I know you're heavy into crypto as well. How? Yes, sir. How, uh, it doesn't. It's doing the buzzing noise because I'm gonna disconnect. Talk again. Yeah, go for it. I'm gonna disconnect my my thing again. Yeah. Um, I know you're like heavy into crypto. So, how did you even like start learning about it? Because some people here might be heavy into crypto. Some might be absolute newbies like myself. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. How did you get into it? Um. Was it something you've been doing for a while and? Yeah, I'm just curious to know more about it because I know this is something you also have been yeah. looking for a while. So tell us, tell us all about it. Okay, so for crypto, I actually have a good friend of mine who is a he's like a kid genius. You'd call him. He's mm-hmm. like he's pretty young, and he went he went to college at 16. He's he's one of those like kid prodigies. He did like this young scientist competition when mm-hmm. he was young, and he like invented this thing that helps old people walk upstairs and he's he's an absolute genius um so he had been into crypto for years so he had been mining for years before i even knew what it was um and he had uh posted about it one time in our discord Mm -hmm. and he had just been mentioning it um this was i believe in like 2019 or or around there something like that it was like three four a few years ago so and then like this it's still kind of it's kind of recent for me but he talked to me about it and then because well, I was like very, very like confused because he would mention it sometimes like, what the fuck is, is cryptocurrency? It's like I've never really been super big into like anything that that's like that techie besides yeah. like a little bit of web development, like kind mm-hmm. of like a little, little bit of web development. So whenever he'd mention it, I'd be so lost. So one day I decided to say, fuck it. I'll just ask him about what the fuck is Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. So, and then he went on a whole dissertation to me. He's like, oh, you should read the Bitcoin white paper. You should read the Ethereum white paper. And then, so basically the way that he taught me crypto is the foundation of how I teach it my course. Because that, that course is like the, the, the one course that I'll probably ever write. It's a culmination of like years of research and like all the stuff that my friend taught me. So yeah. the, that's why I felt like obligated to write it. Cause like it helped me go from like zero to hero almost. Yeah, so it well, like what more, my friend did for me. Here, we'll, we'll, we'll drop the link below. So if you can, uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you go, for it. It. go for it. Go for it. Keep going. So, so yeah, so my friend, um, like I said, he kid genius. He he taught me everything I know about crypto. He told me what resources to go check out. Um, basically, like I said, everything I know I learned through him. I think I believe now I probably know a little bit more than him because I'm still like heavy into it. Yeah. But it's like it's like the the master and the student thing because he transferred yeah. all his his info to me and now yeah, I you kept, yeah you kept, and now I pass it on yeah. yeah but it was it was really cool so he 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 instructed me on what to read uh, he showed me some protocols that I should know mm-hmm. and then a- after that um Tate started posting a lot about DeFi stuff so that's when I sort of jumped down the DeFi rabbit hole and mm-hmm. I started experimenting with a lot of it too um I I believe that the first big break I ever had was I, I like I dumped. A, like a couple grand into soul and mm-hmm. it was like eight dollars yeah and i was telling my friends to buy it when it was eight dollars <laughs> I, I was tweeting about it back when it was eight dollars too i'm like guys soul is like it's like my favorite project it's like has all these fundamentals and whatnot and then everyone was like the fuck is a soul and i'm like <laughs> and i'm like dude i'm gonna be real with you 
I just learned about all this stuff, but I definitely, I understand what it's doing for the space. And like, that's mm -hmm. why I'm choosing to invest in it. And that was my first big break. So I caught it when it went from like eight to like $40. Mm -hmm. I caught like in that span, I still was holding it. And then like an idiot, I think I sold it when it was like 70. And now it's like, because we all know now it's like the, one of the biggest competitors to ETH. Um, yeah. I, I I was at least at least I was early on something because I understood what I was doing at the time. Yeah, and you made you made some profits. So oh yeah, for sure. Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, don't be too hard on yourself. But at the same time, it's always the what if, you know? Yeah. You're always thinking, oh, what if that? But at the end of the day, if you took your profits, you took your profits. That's better than just losing everything. Because right oh, now, yeah. a lot of people are losing a lot of money because <laughs> they got a little too greedy, you know? So um <laughs> but uh yeah, no, so tell me so like and so you kept learning about this as well consistently. Like, what do you think is like the few, like, what do you think also about the metaverse? This is like a quick one out of the blue. Oh boy. No, don't know. It's a, it's a good question. So I have a few fundamental issues with the metaverse. And one of them is because, like I said, I've always been a big nerd. So I'm like, I, I play a lot of video games. Mm -hmm. So like a lot of this metaverse shit is just games that already exist. Mm -hmm. I think a lot, a lot of people don't know that. So like, there, there are people talking about like Minecraft being the metaverse. And I'm like, guys, Minecraft has been a game that's been out for like decades. <laughs> and yep. they're like acting like Minecraft is like this new technology. And I'm like, no, guy, it's just Minecraft on the blockchain. Or like, no, it's just Roblox on the blockchain. Or like yep. this stuff that's already existed. So the metaverse as a concept, unfortunately, is like technology is going to advance regardless of what of what me and you want. <laughs> mm -hmm. However much we want us to act like soul bra and everybody wants to be like this jacked guy on the beach and like eat whatever, like eat perfectly and all this stuff. It's yeah. not going to happen because technology is going to advance whether we like it or not. Mm -hmm. So the issue with the metaverse is that it's like taking all of the things that we enjoy doing in real life and we're mm -hmm. now going to enjoy doing them in a fake world that doesn't exist. So mm -hmm. that's obviously a very broad generalization of what it's doing, but that's unfortunately where we're going. But I do think that there is a lot of potential with NFTs um, in other sectors besides profile pictures and all of this nonsense right yeah. now. So the idea with NFTs is that we can use that tech um, for things like real estate contracts and things mm -hmm. that require a shit ton of paperwork. Yeah. So things that require a lot of paperwork that take a lot of time, we can write smart contracts for them and automate the processes. So I think that's going to be something like that NFTs... Too. Yeah. Like, this is the thing too, in terms of speed. Like you could send money to someone in five Boom. Ten minutes. Boom. Yeah. And if you're going to do with a bank transfer, you got to go through banks. They're going to take money. Right. Mm -hmm. This would be, I mean, in a way, in a way there's like gas fees, but like, um, still like for the, the speed, it's almost worth it. Right. Because let's say you're, you're sending a bunch of money to someone and you're like, Hey, listen, um, I'm going to send you this amount of money anywhere in the world. They get it right away. And it's decentralized, which is, it's revolutionary. Like this is gonna change the world forever. And like some people are like, "Oh, uh, Bitcoin's gonna disappear or crypto." I, I don't feel like I don't feel like it's going anywhere. And I'm no expert by all means, but I do feel like you know Web Web 3.0 and you know decentralized platforms are the future. People want more privacy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And people want to do things on their own. They want to have more. They don't want to have a government that's always watching everything they're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I do think it's the future. Whether people like it or not, I don't know what's yeah. going to happen, but I I don't see this going anywhere. You know? What do you no, think? for sure. I like because 
the whole point, one of the main points of crypto, like you said, is, is decentralization. And it's also the privatization of digital assets. So like, like me and you, we have profiles on Twitter, but they're not, yeah. we don't own them because mm -hmm. Twitter can shut down our profile whenever they want. That's right. So yeah. the idea like, like of, of the transition from web one to web two to web three, from web two where we're at right now, think of it like sign in with Google, right? Like you sign into stuff with your Google, you sign in with Facebook, right? Mm -hmm. Web three is just connect wallet. Mm. Think think of that as like the the differentiation because you're signing in with a profile that you do not actually own versus signing in with a a crypto cryptographically encoded wallet that you own, okay. yeah, cryptographically secured wallet that you own. So mm -hmm. th that's that's the differentiation I like to tell people. So because like I said, it, it's the privatization of of digital assets and that you now are a owner completely of all of the things that are online as opposed mm -hmm. to big companies controlling like you were saying all of the f interactions that we have yeah. so I, I think like you said that's absolutely something that the general population has been like fiending for for mm -hmm. for years now like we want to own our things and not have the gov big government touch them so yeah. I, I don't think any of the stuff's going yeah. away either. and even like the stuff that happened with facebook where like there's been like a lot of like privacy breach and stuff like mm -hmm. that like People are like very well aware about it and don't fuck with it at all. And as soon as you realize that you could have that, you could have like, as soon as you know, every, like all your information is public, like meaning everything you do, someone's can watch anywhere from any time. You start thinking a little differently. Like, Hmm, I gotta be more careful or this or that, depending on what you're doing. Right. But yeah. like whatever you're doing, I believe everybody has the right to privacy to do. Okay. You want to do this? You can have your privacy but the thing is like the government obviously doesn't like it because they can't put their hand on it as much you know what i mean yeah and people who are heavy into like this this is the thing like a lot of older people as well absolutely hate all of this because <laughs> yep. and but the thing is like this is not this is not going anywhere like what what do you think about like let's say older people who think this is this is going to be gone. This is going to disappear or Bitcoin is going to go to zero. You know what I mean? Like, or they don't like centralized finance because they're heavy into stocks and yeah. becoming a millionaire in like a year, you know, through so the, like, what do yeah, you think? So, so this is an interesting, this is a really interesting question because so one of the things that I do besides have that, that course and whatnot and all, some other related ventures, like I've worked on some projects with people and help manage some communities and whatnot. But one of my other main things that I do is I provide consultations for financial professionals about crypto. And that's mainly through LinkedIn. If anybody else wants to try it, if any crypto people are watching, you can do a lot of it. You can do it through, find a lot of people through LinkedIn. But anyway, um, so I'll do a lot of outreach to financial professionals, meaning like quantitative analysts, uh, tax advisors, um, mm. anything like brokers, portfolio managers, um, like any sort of financial profession you can think of. Yeah. And I'll ask them, like, have you, are you interested or have you experimented with cryptocurrency? And I'll either get a resounding, yes, it's interesting. Tell me more. Or mm -hmm. a resounding, fuck you, go fuck yourself. <laughs> mm -hmm. I hate crypto. It's all a scam. So it, it's yeah. very polarized. So, and obviously a lot of those go fuck yourself answers are from older people because they think that I'm trying to like scam them or something yeah. or something bizarre as if I could like scam them through a LinkedIn DM. I don't know. <laughs> like as if I could like reach through their computer and grab their wallet or something. But like, um, a, a lot of them, even like some of them, I'll get like we'll start talking about it because I, obviously I want to figure out what they're trying to learn before I mm -hmm. pitch them a consult. Yeah. So we'll start talking about it, and they're like, "Oh, I'm interested in like this, this, this," and then I get deeper into it, and they're like, "Well, 
I actually don't believe in it at all. And I'm like, well, why? And then they can't really articulate why they don't believe in it. It's mostly just because they are just closed minded. Like they don't really have a real answer for me. Mm. Um, they'll just say something along the lines of like, no, like gold standard better, or like just some nonsensical yeah. answer that doesn't have any real like backing to it because like they're just unwilling to try something new. Mm -hmm. it, it, that's what it seems like to me. I'll tell you what I think it is. Like, this is the thing too. It's just like, I'm learning much more about it. Like I'm actually diving deeper into it because it's just like, nice. I know how big this is going to be. And it's like, and this is the thing too. It's like for anybody that feels late because they're on Twitter, we're not, <laughs> I speak to people every day. No one has any, most people don't even know what NFTs are. No, they don't know what cryptocurrency <laughs> are. They don't know anything uh, about what's going on right now. Like seriously, like most people. When I say most people, I'd say above ninety-five percent. No, no joke. Even young people, no clue. Zero. Oh, I totally agree with you. <laughs> if you don't, like, you I, I felt like I was late because everybody on Twitter is like investing in crypto NFTs, and I started learning about it. No, no, no. This is like we're going to like a new era right now. Is the time to look into it. But yeah. Mm, mm, from like a beginner's perspective, right? The reason I think some people, some people who are significantly older think this is going to pass. Gary Vee said, it's like, oh, people think this is like the people who thought internet was a fad, right? Yep. These are the same people right now thinking, oh, NFTs are a fad or crypto is a fad. It's going to go away. No, 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 no. And I think the reason why they might be thinking like that is because they're too stuck on their old beliefs and haven't mm -hmm. done enough research and or don't understand it enough to realize how big this is going to be. Yeah. So Gary, he's like, do your 30 or 50 hours of research and then come back and talk and to me. And come back to me. Yeah. That's what I'm currently doing right now. And that's what I would recommend other people right now who have like kind of like limiting beliefs around the whole thing that's going on. Understand it, have a grasp around what's actually happening and then make your own opinion. Because I do believe I've, I've done at least 10 hour plus of research like this past, past like, like week or two. Right. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you already, like, I'm like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> mine was, like, completely blown, right? So if you do 30 to 50 hours of research, it's going to be pretty difficult for you not to realize how big this is going to be. And, yes, potentially there might be a lot of NFT projects that might flop or cryptocurrencies that might, no, you know, that might not exist in five years or whatever. But guess what? Still going to be here. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it, <laughs> you know I mean, so, um, you know, it's, it's a pretty interesting um world like have you talked to some families family members or friends about it what do they think about the whole oh, oh my god i i had people so because um at christmas i had already started like the whole online business thing and i hadn't really so mike i don't talk unfortunately i don't really talk to my extended family as much as i would like to um so when i met up with all of them they were mm -hmm. asking me all these questions like so you you your your dad said you have an online business now, and it was like that whole nonsense where you have to explain your your life to your extended family type thing. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I had my uncles were asking me about crypto because they're like, "Oh, we saw you posted on Facebook that you you made a course about crypto," and they're like, "I was trying to figure out how to invest in that. What's that all about?" And then it was like, so I because I, I guess yeah. it's a little different for me because both my uncles are in tech. Yeah. So they oh. are kind of more understanding of new mm. emerging technologies and yep. then my other like uh, other family members were like what the fuck is this so they were more receptive to it because they're already in tech they know a lot about web 2 um they're back end developers so they're very experienced with stuff like that they understand that things advance they are willing to try those things and as opposed to like just write them off as a new fad 
I guess. But I mean, I, I did explain it to them. They were, they were pretty receptive to it. Um, I still, I talk to my uncle a lot. He, he calls me every, every now and then he'll tell me that he bought Bitcoin or Ethereum or he, cause he, he leveraged, he, he understands like leveraging and a lot of, he does okay. a lot of trading. He does a lot of like Forex trading. Oh, okay. He's like, Matt, so, why is my money going down? What? Yeah. <laughs> Matt, where the fuck did my money go? What, what's going on? <laughs> no, but he'll, he'll call me every, every now and then and we'll talk about it. It was from, like I said, it was recent, very recent from Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Like, I don't know. I was just like the, the topic of just NFTs. I brought up the subject subject and people look at me like I'm an alien. Like what yeah. the fuck are you talking about? Like, no, for sure. Like it's just like completely out of this realm. And like some people think like because I talk to some people in my family who are like more like artists, and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, it's a great import. Like they see it as a massive importantity because now artists are actually going to get royalties on their art. Yep. But at the same time, they're like, oh yeah, but it's not the same as like a real. It's gonna like ruin art or whatever. I'm like, what are you talking about? You can actually monetize. <laughs> what you do most artists are are miserably poor and poor a lot of the time because it's not like sales or marketing or just like money pumping in day out and day in it's an industry that is there's just so much money in right when you're like a painter it's it's rough out here (laughs) you know what i mean oh yeah but now you know web 3.0 nft the nft market just made just opened a massive door right and so if you're a bit open to learning about it, that could completely change your life. There's artists every day that are changing their lives forever, you know, because it's really giving a massive opportunity for them. So this is like a once in a lifetime, like for artists, like this never, this type of opportunity never arised for any artist in the entire history of human history. No, like absolutely ever. not. Yeah. You know, so it's like, you got to be open to it. So, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see how it's going to go in the next three, five years, see how it's going to evolve. Well, what do oh, you yeah, sure. what do you think like what do you think where do you think like the metaverse like even the metaverse thing is like i don't know where it's gonna go like it feels like like it could it could it could go really bad like people <laughs> are just like stuck in their home just like chilling just you know have you seen the meme where it's like a guy in the corner of a room whatever just chilling with, like, yeah the, with the the VR Oculus thing. i was like jesus christ i'm like if that's the future i don't want to be part of it you know what i mean because that that's my one problem you said that's my one problem with it and it's interesting because this is why i'm i'm very excited to like once i have more cash flow and because i'm I'm gonna be i'm not a fucking millionaire yet but i will be no yet you'll be it's it's the will be it's the will Mm -hmm. be but like i when i publish content that's one of the things that i think i have an interesting take on is because i used to be that closeted gamer person so i understand like the problems with being a closeted person and like being a shut-in and like not experiencing things that are outside of video games Mm. so that's that like that's my one issue with the metaverse but beyond that um i I think the the first metaverse things that are going to be very popular i'm assuming are going to stick to video games um a lot more vr tech is going to come out um that's going to be like way more immersive than we currently have Um, yeah like HTC Vive and all these other things that already exist are just going to continue to get uh, more realistic and more realistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And unfortunately, because of like we were talking about, a lot of the populace still doesn't even know about a lot of these technologies. Yeah. You're eventually going to be able to probably experience um, things like shopping is probably going to be one of the first thing that's going to that's mm-hmm. go into the metaverse. You're going to yep. be able to do your online shopping. Like I saw um, there was a whole there's a whole huge post about it. Walmart made a demo reel of you shopping in the metaverse and it was really creepy and unsettling but unfortunately 
it, it would be very good for Walmart to do that because Walmart yeah. could remove their stores and replace their stores with like factories and storage facilities. So they wow. wouldn't like it's it's yeah. very like I we've I've had me and my friends talk about this all the time. Um they could just they could just rip down all of their stores and then you'd never go in to shop again. You'd just yeah. put on your fucking VR headset and then you'd shop in the metaverse and they'd deliver it to your house. Yeah, and it would I'm, free them up so much. I'm space. telling you, like cashiers are probably gonna be extinct in like five years, in three <laughs> years, three to five years. Because like they're already getting replaced by like you know these like I don't, I don't have a Walmart. You can just scan stuff. Like, I, yeah. I don't know if you, there's like a meme of like, oh, it's like I scanned some oranges, but I got a PS4. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> you can just scan stuff, right? Yeah. And uh, but I already see those being more common in mm -hmm. a few stores here and there. Um, also Safeway as well. The other day, it's like a Canadian store. They were mm -hmm. like, you could scan stuff, right? And so it's like the self checkout, slowly, slowly, yeah, self checkouts. Yeah. And so it's becoming more and more common. But now, if that thing becomes like, like if everybody has, let's say, an Oculus set and can do grow their their shopping out from home, cashiers will be extinct. Like they won't exist anymore. Like I, see, like this is the thing. Like I'm very cute. Like we're living in a very exciting time. Like oh, for a, sure, a lot of jobs that are very like low labor, very repetitive, that don't require too much thinking, are going to be replaced by like. AI, like artificial AI, intelligence, yeah. robots, stuff like that. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Because, like, think about it. Like, if Walmart tomorrow doesn't have to hire any cashiers, they could just hold the stuff all in the factory. Imagine how much more money they're going to make. Mm -hmm. Imagine, how, like, their profit margins are already crazy. And now it's going to go to a whole nother level. Yeah. It's going to make things so much easier for them. Like, you know what I mean? In terms of, like, supply mm -hmm. chain and everything. Like, so... No, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Like, like, there's so much, so many things that you can put on the blockchain. You, you can put almost everything on the blockchain. It, it's like verif verification of a transaction and verification of ownership is something you can apply to hundreds of sectors in the world. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it obviously, like you were talking about speed. Like, ev money is speed, and these companies yeah. love money. So, anything that they can use to increase their speed of transactions, speed of verification, like I'm saying, mm -hmm. all, all these areas that they can like move to the virtual world. I think they're going to take full advantage of it. Right? 100%. Like verification of uh, another thing that a lot of people tell is uh, luxury items. So verification of luxury items can be fully on the blockchain. Um, yep. Like I said, for, for video games, like a lot of your items and your video games are now going to become NFTs when these companies start jumping on the tech. Like you're going to have your, your NFT gun that you can move from game to game and it tracks mm. your stats. Yeah. And all that's going to do is do what make money for the companies it's just it's another way for them to incentivize transactions from you as a player so i, th I think video games is where it's going to go first yeah um, for sure um i mean i think when you think about it for a video game the video game experience is going to be like a whole other level it's like imagine well, being in gta and just being trevor like holy fuck like yeah you know i mean like that's <laughs> that is sick like GTA if, and if VR, any of you yeah. have been like gamers or game a little bit you know you, even if you don't like the idea, you know your gaming experience is going to be significantly better. Like put your put your be like put your personal opinion to the side and just go for the facts. It's true. Like think about it, right? Like your your gaming experience will be so much better because it'll almost be like reality. It's like it's yeah, hard to. And unfortunately, that as we a lot of us would already know, that kind of can get that can get scary because that will incentivize people to stay on it longer. Yep. And all these, all these things like that. Yeah, that's no, it's crazy. 
I, I, like I said, that that's my one issue is just that the 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 more that we like, like I said, I, I think I have a refined view on it because I have spent a lot of time playing these games. So I think that's a danger that a lot of we got to look out for yeah. is is balancing our the time that we spend in the real world versus in the metaverse. Yeah, no, it's it's, and, it's very dangerous. Like I saw like. Netflix has stolen more lives than anything else. Like seriously, you know. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, imagine the amount of time, even like TikTok, for example, the amount of time the average eighteen and twenty-five year old spent, and you know, not even young people, older people now are spending so much time on those platforms, right? And consumer behavior is like off the charts. Like people are like spending eight hours plus on TikTok. <sighs> Six hours, Jeez. easy, easy. So it's like, you know what I mean? Like this is the thing. It's like now, you're like you're also an entrepreneur and stuff like that. You're aware that like your time has value. How you manage your time is super key. So if you're spent, if you want your life to be better, but you're spending six hours on TikTok every single day, consuming <laughs> content and not creating anything. Oh man, life's gonna be hard in a couple of years because you're gonna stay the same. You're gonna stagnate if you're not getting, if you're not working to improving and working to be a better you, and you're stagnating. If you're stagnating, you're getting worse. I don't believe there's there's a middle ground. Either you're getting better, or you're getting worse, right? You're getting worse, yeah. Because if you think about, it, if you do the same thing consistently, let's say, and you don't work on yourself ever, and you do the same thing, you're gonna get worse because you're not gonna get better. If you yeah, think, uh, that makes sense. Sure. Like long term, right? If you keep the same habits, you keep the same routine, you don't change anything, you don't learn anything new for the next five, 10 years at that compound, right? And you know, people, I know people like who, you know, you know, our own family members who do the same thing over and over and over again. But the truth is, we know yeah. if you don't change like things you do in your day to day life, you'll, if you have this, if you do the same things every day, you'll have the same outcome as everybody else. So, this is why, yeah. like many people, like successful entrepreneurs, like, oh, do do the opposite that everybody else is doing because you want a different outcome, you know? Yeah. So, so yeah, but also it's not easy. Like, oh no, most people don't have the patience. Most people don't even want to do it. You're gonna have to spend a lot of time just working and not getting even paid. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, be built different. Like, it's really not for everyone. Um, but I do believe, like, since we're also quite young, if we stick with it will significantly get like it'll compound like not only skills like you know what i mean but like your 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 skill stacking alex hormuzi talks about that skill stacking over time as you keep do as you keep learning and you keep working on you know your web design agency you keep learning more about nfts crypto you build a set of skills and that mm -hmm. one day it's going to be super useful maybe yeah. you'll do some type of nft marketing you'll you'll manage massive project who knows right one day it might all combine together and it'll be super useful yeah so, um the goal is like to kind of stick with it but i want to ask you man um what's your vision for the next even three years with when you'll be 25 yeah uh for so currently yeah so currently my my vision at, at the moment is uh, obviously the the grand the grand coveted 10k a month uh, that, that's one of the things that's on that's on yeah. my radar um i'm slowly approaching it uh web design mrr is a little different because this is only there's very few things that you're getting paid for monthly yeah. Um, it's just having a steady inflow of clients. Mm -hmm. um, just building that business up to at least uh, 10k a month. Yep. Um, I'm also in talks. Um, I'm learn. I'm. I'm. Uh, I can't speak. I'm learning real estate at the moment. Um, I'm getting my real estate license, so that's okay. something that's definitely in the cards for me very soon. Um, I have a connection through my mother, 
So she has a friend who owns a real estate company and she trains people. So I'm in talks uh, to learn real estate. I'm definitely going to start wholesaling and doing some other things once I've automated some parts of my business that I can. Yeah. Um, So I have a little bit more time. Um, Within the next three years, uh, I definitely want to continue uh, doing amateur fighting. Um, So Mm -hmm. I I do do amateur cage fights. Yeah. Um, At at the moment, I'm eight and two. That's just my little little props to my little pat on the back. Um, I would like to go viral on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, it's it was funny. I was talking to um, a lot of you guys. Will probably uh, Ben Bader and um, Harry. I I was on their internet kids. Um, We were on a we were on a little call. And I, I had mentioned that I fought, and then immediately they were like, "He did not like, oh, he fought. You should fight Luke Alexander." I'm like, "Oh my fucking god!" Like, it, it, I mean, because that's like I, I didn't I didn't mention it before, but it's like everybody thinks they're like the six foot six pack MMA multimillionaire, but like I, I would venture to guess that maybe ten percent of the people on here could actually fight, but even that's then, just even maybe then. not even that. <laughs> Don't think you can. F- Train one year and then fight. Like I've no. seen, I was at a boxing gym and I was with like people who were like twenty three. They fought since they were twelve. You could tell they knew. Yes, sir. Um, it's a big difference between you doing it for one year. You, just, there's people that are like natural. Like I'm a natural athlete. Like I could do a lot of sports and just do decent. But you can never compare to someone who just has like just straight up experience and has been doing it for years and years and years because. It's just not comparable, right? Because then you have like there's like patterns, right? Like you already yeah. have, like a stance. You just naturally know how to, you know, avoid avoid punches, avoid hits. You know where to hit. This is like reflex. You don't even have to think about it, right? You don't build that over time. You, you I mean, you build that over time. You don't build that over like a year. Yeah, no, absolutely not. It doesn't happen. It's the same oh, thing yeah. with business too. You know, like getting in the cage of someone is totally different than sparring. That's what I think a lot of younger guys. Because I know, I know. I've actually I've, I've talked to several people in the DMs because I'll tweet one thing about martial arts and I get like a few DMs about it sometimes about mm-hmm. asking about like should I start or what should I do. Um, one of the biggest things that I can say is for especially for joining a martial art is that if you want to fight, it's a whole different world than when you pad hold with your partner. Yeah. Um, I, I hadn't started cage fighting until I started MMA, so mm-hmm. I had been training for almost what that six to. Like about, I had been training. Listen to this. I've been training for about fourteen years before I stepped in the cage with someone, and yeah. it was I, I, it was a completely different fucking world. Like, yeah. regardless of anyone tells you, just jump into it. It's very nerve wracking. You can yeah. be as alpha as you want, but as soon as you mm-hmm. get in the cage with someone who you know is looking to hurt you, and there's like no, like no one can save you. It Tate says, "I love." That's one of my favorite things. No one, no one is coming to save you. Yeah. Um, once you realize no one's coming to help you, there's no tagging out, there's no teeing yeah. out until you get fucking mm-hmm. knocked out or yeah. you fucking tap. Like mm-hmm. once you, once that feeling sets in and you're like, damn, I'm not pad holding anymore, or like I'm not just striking a bag, like it's yeah. a totally different feeling. And I think it's a great feeling to have, especially as a young yeah. man. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that I think a lot of young men need to experience because it uh-huh. like we were talking about before it um it shows you who you really are. Like, are, are mm-hmm. you a pussy at the at the moment? Yeah, <laughs> like right now, are are you like afraid? Are you scared to stand like fight? Are you? Uh, I think it's really good because it it tests like how it tests your your te- uh, temperament. Meaning, like, if let's say you get hit, are you gonna get your emotions take control of you or not? And like, yeah. I've done a lot. Of, like, I made I, I did a lot of martial arts when I was like much younger than I did all this stuff, right? But I was like heavy into boxing. Um, mm-hmm. I was much younger. 
And my coach was like, don't let emotions get control of you. If you do, he's already went, he, he won the fight already. So that lesson in itself probably saved my life once. Yeah. When I was got a little older, because many people they'll they'll end up like I've seen, I've had friends that this happened to just because they can't control their emotions. Now they're in jail for a long time. Wow. No joke. Right. Yeah. Or it can, it doesn't have to be even that crazy, but like you let your emotions take control of you. One mistake it, because because you didn't have control of yourself and then things could go wrong real quick yeah and i think this comes back to you saying you know everybody should do martial arts because it comes back to that having control of your emotions knowing yeah. yourself having confidence right like this is the thing too it's like when you walk into a room and you know you can you know you can defend yourself and you know you can kick someone's ass if they come at you they can already sense it therefore like a lot of people who already know martial arts or know how to fight just don't end up in fights no, they don't. Can I tell you a quick story <laughs> that relates to that? So the one time, again, God bless, the one time I've ever had to use martial arts in real life was the time I got mugged. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was going to I was going to dinner with, with these two with two different girls when I was in, I believe it was like towards the end of my uni years when I was I was still at Chick-fil-A. Um, I was going to this, we went to this really high-end place. It was unfortunately I'm I'm really dumb, and it was the shitty area in my town. Mm-hmm. Um and we were just we were walking back from the restaurant and there was a guy we walked past the classic dark alleyway guy jumps out of the alley throws me onto the ground and then it, it was like really quick it happened in a flash he jumped he literally jumped me threw me onto the ground i put him in a chokehold threw him off of me el- mm-hmm. elbowed him in the back of the neck and then i did nothing else got up and we all ran away that was mm-hmm. it but it was like I'm a very experienced ground fighter. I'd done a shit ton of ground fighting with Krav yeah. before that. Thank again, God bless. This is the it's the only time I've ever had to use martial arts in my entire life ever, and I thankful that I was the only time I've ever had to fight someone. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that guy had other people waiting for him to like pin me on the ground and come stab me. I don't yeah. know if like like why do you think I ran away? Like yeah. everyone's like, oh, you should have beat the shit out of him. He was gonna take your girlfriend. Like no. I'm trying to run away so he doesn't fucking kill me. People don't understand that like, sometimes in real life, there is no fair fight. No. If someone has like a nine-inch blade and they put it through, through your stomach, you're fucked. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you don't know what they have. They could have a strap. You don't know. You don't know. Like this more, like I heard a lot of like even like elite fighters say, hey, if you ever have like, if that ever happens, it's like, don't be a smart ass. No, you know don't be fucking Obviously, smart. if you you're... Fucking if, depends on the situation if you're in a certain situation where you really can't go anywhere and you have to defend yourself then you do what you got to do right but most of the time it's like you don't don't be that guy because a lot of times it's not gonna end it could obviously most of the time it won't end up like that way but the thing is even in the u.s where people have access to weapons like i mean i live in canada right now but like people in the u.s you can have access to weapons fairly easily you know what i mean if you're in the whether you're in the streets or not right and so you just don't know so, you know what I mean? Got to be, got to be aware. But I mean, yeah, only one time you had to use it. I mean, that's not bad at all. But I, I, I'm very thankful. I wish it was zero. <laughs> yeah. I wish I never had to use that. I, yeah. I don't. I would prefer not to. <laughs> yeah, I think I knew this one guy was like in a bar. One guy, these two guys, for some reason, were trying to like jump him or something. It was a really weird situation. He just knocked the guy right out. The first guy, <laughs> other friend, didn't even do anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but again, you know what I mean? It's better not to do it, not to use physical force because you yeah. don't know. It's like obviously it's like you could absolutely destroy someone, but what what happens if you hit you hit them and then they they land the wrong way and then 
they pass away. That that could also happen. You know what I mean? But still, yeah. good thing to learn because you never know in life. You just don't know. And but I, I believe like not only knowing how to like defend yourself, but like in all aspects, like you were covering before, it's super key. Yeah. Like I'm I'm thinking sure. of going back and doing some uh kickboxing and a bit of wrestling so nice. that's one thing I'm that'd be awesome at. that'd be great dude i i you should totally do it <laughs> I'm, I'm like yo there's like this new gym by my place and i'm like just super tempted to just like go back and get back into it so hell yeah do that um i got another question for you matthew um yeah. if you could go back to yourself like a year ago when you just discovered even the whole online business world or kind of like or you could go back to yourself anytime in the past mm-hmm. right if you could give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be? That's a, oh, that's a good, really good question. Um, let's say if I like, if I uh, let's split that up into two. If I when I started Money Twitter, if there's one thing I could tell myself back then when I was started started building, I wish I could have just started earlier. Um, I wish I worried less about logos and all of these other like nonsensical SOPs and all yeah. these things that don't really matter. I wish I just started earlier. Um, I would have had more of um infield advantage. Mm-hmm. I would have had a lot more experience. I would have had it faster. Like money loves speed. It's another really good thing that I really abide by. Yeah. Um, I just wish I started earlier. Um, I spent a lot of a lot of time um hassling like over really understanding when i was doing it facebook ads and really really understanding proper uh conversion focused web design mm-hmm. I, I think i spent a little bit too long um i just wish that i had started a little bit earlier so I, that's the only thing i could have said for back then um I, i've always like i said that's the only thing yeah I, I believe that's probably the only thing for money twitter's sake um I'm, I'm a very good learner so i i can learn things um very very quickly but mm-hmm. the issue was I agonized over it because I didn't really think that I had a good grasp of it. Yeah, um, it, it, I just wasted a lot of time doing that. If I could pick another point in my life that I would tell myself something, um, I wish I didn't go to college. <laughs> I, I wish I didn't waste two and a half years of my life in college doing nothing. <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I think it was part of my development. So I, I don't know. I, I've I've talked about the, I I, we, I like to talk about a lot of these types of questions with my with my buddies too. Um, be like introspective like this but i think it was part of my development so mm-hmm. i think that like everything happens for a reason because I'm, I'm very religious and very spiritual so I, yeah. I think that definitely everything happens for a reason so i think i went to college for a reason i think i met the people in college for a reason i think that all of those things definitely shaped me into yeah. the person i am now so yeah. I, I think it but it, like I, I would have rather have not gone to college but yeah. I, I did so but it was I, kind of necessary for you to be where you are now potentially yeah or not, or not, you don't know, right? Um, <laughs> but it kind of gave you perspective of what you didn't want as well, yeah, you know, which is key because when you know what you don't want, it, it makes it's like, okay, I don't want to do this, this, or this. Like, I saw this guy on a YouTube video be like, okay, you want to you wanna shape your dream life, first of all, decide what you don't want to do, right? But go like, like this, you make it nice and clear, and so I think it was just good life experience as well, you know what I mean? You kind of yeah. see the the typical uni life of most young kids in America <laughs> and you in Canada as well, right? I personally am not going to uni because for me, uh, it ain't for me. I just know I could do something much better. Like, mm-hmm. like I'd rather invest my money into myself. Yeah, building on what I'm doing right now because, like, this is the thing you understand this as well. But we are our biggest asset. You are your biggest asset at the end of the day. No matter how much money you make on crypto, NFT, or 
or whatever it may be, even with your business, you are your biggest asset because at the end of the day, if everything crumbles and you're still alive, you'll be able to back yourself because of what yeah. you know. You know. So, um, if if people want to get in contact with you, man, they want to hit yeah. you up. They want to get your crypto court. Where? What's the best way to get in contact with you? Best way to get in contact with me right now is probably Twitter. I check my Twitter DMs the most because um, I'll still because I have in DM for inquiries, so I get a lot of DMs through Twitter. Mm -hmm. Um. Other than that, you could probably send. You want me to like put something in like a chat somewhere? Or? Yeah, don't worry. I'll add your Twitter. You add it in the app. Links, yeah. send them to me after, like you know, through Telegram or something. And then uh, okay, yeah. So yeah. Pro probably, probably Twitter. Um, at the moment, I'm actually checking a lot of my Discord DMs because I've joined a lot of e-commerce communities. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting a lot of DMs uh, about creating uh, e-commerce landing pages for them and CRO for them right. as well. So I've been checking my Discord DMs a lot. So probably Discord or Twitter, probably the best ways to reach me for either of those things. And if people are interested in either, like, are you still doing consultation regarding crypto and stuff like that? Absolutely. Yes, okay. absolutely. So those, yeah, those, you can reach out to me at either of those platforms for that as well. Um, We can go over what that would entail, Um, what you'd yep. be learning. I've actually been getting a lot of questions about um increasing that to something bigger, like um doing some sort of mentorship program. I've had several yep. questions about that. I'm yeah, still in... um. Yeah, I've had several questions about making that some a bigger program. I'm not really sure what I do for that. I'm not very experienced. There, with I, I know you, consultation you know who you can talk to. Um, oh, okay, cool. I'll send you. I'll send you that on on um on Telegram. Smart dude, definitely can help you build that out. Um, if you're looking into that. Um, but yeah, guys, please follow Matt on Twitter. He's a G. Really cool. Even having talking with him about all this stuff. Hope you guys learned a thing or two. Thank you, Matt, again for sharing your story on Visionary Focus podcast, and even you know giving us giving me a bit of your time, right? Because I'm very new to podcasting. <laughs> Could have easily said no. Could have told me to fuck off, but decided to show up anyways. <laughs> um, so thanks again, Matt. Guys, remember if you guys no want problem. to hit up Matt, feel free. He's very like accessible. Like you guys can hit him up. He'll answer on Twitter. And if you guys want to even get his course right around crypto, make sure to check it out in the link below. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode. All right. Bye-bye. Peace out.